the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you a spirit-filled man or woman? What are your characteristics? What would you look like in a spiritual mirror? Let's talk about that next, here on Truth For Today. The characteristics of a spirit-filled man or woman. That is the subject of our time here on this broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. We welcome you to our broadcast. As we begin our time together today, we'll do so with a brief review of what a spirit-filled man or woman is, how you get there, and what happens. From there, we'll move into the characteristics, some of those truths that will show that you are indeed spirit-filled. It's all straight ahead on today's broadcast. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with this edition of Truth For Today. Think of the different formulas you've been given to be spirit-filled. If someone told you to be spirit-filled, what would that mean to you? What would you have to do? What would I have to do to get spirit-filled? To get under the influence of the Spirit? Be led? It'd be great. If you could do it, but you can't do it. You can't do the baptism. He does it for you. So that's, many people would say that. Well, get baptized in the Holy Spirit. The only thing is they can't get baptized. They don't know how. <laughs> it happens to you when you get saved. The Spirit baptizes you in the body of Christ. And so uh, get holy, get spiritual, let go, let God, let loose, let go. A lot of uh, nomenclature, a lot of... Uh, Maybe cliches. Oh, we grew up with no wreck and yield out of Romans 6. Pray till you talk in tongues. That's, that's fine if you get the tongues, but then you'll still need to be spirit-filled. Because tongues wasn't equal to filling in the book of Corinthians. It was one of many gifts, but it wasn't uh, the proof. Matter of fact, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, I can talk in tongues and not have love. There's something dynamic about spiritual gifts that Pentecostals have emphasized. But the thing about gifts, gifts can operate without spirituality. That's what's scary about them. See, you can have the gifts. You can be gifted to do certain things. Tongues, the Corinthians were having confusion because they didn't have order. But uh, uh, those of us who grew up in Pentecostal circles were told tongues, tongues, and then you get the tongues and you still say, is this all there is? Is there power? Is there... You still had trials and tests. Spiritual gifts are not spirit filling. And you can't get a spiritual gift if you want to. The gifts are determined by the Father. He gave you the gift he wants you to have. And where he says, earnestly covet the best gifts, he is saying that in the plural to the church. When the church comes together, you as a church desire the best gifts. It doesn't mean you desire the best gift. Lord, I want to be an apostle. Pray all day, but you won't ever be an apostle. 
But it's the best gift. It's the highest in the order. So uh, gifts, we'll leave that there. Uh, let me say something just by way of introduction. I meant to give an overlay that when you see Luke, the writer Luke, he uses a word for spirit-filled that is from a Greek word, pimplemi, and plato. They're both of the same family. And he uses this word in the book of Luke and the book of Acts. And many people follow Luke's idea of spirit filling. Let me give you an example. Uh, They were in the upper room and the spirit came in and they were filled with the spirit. Acts 2.4. But let me tell you something about that kind of filling. Because when you get to Ephesians 5.18, he uses a different word for filling. It's a word plerao. Be filled with the spirit. Different word than Luke uses. When Luke uses the word, it usually refers to something that happened in a point of time. It comes out of nowhere. It is sovereignly bestowed. It comes and goes. It has nothing to do with character. It usually has something to do with uh, phenomenal experience, uh, uh, out of the ordinary event. But when we get to the epistles, the spirit-filled life looks more to our character, power for service, uh, those kinds of things. Let me give you an example. How do you explain this? And he shall be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb on. Have you ever read about it? Has that ever happened in the Bible? When did he get spirit filled? In his mother's womb. What condition did he meet? What character changed? None. It was sovereign. It was just, I mean, not had many of these happen in history. From his mother's womb, John the Baptist was filled with the Spirit. I, I don't even understand all the implications of that. Why I would need to be Spirit-filled in my mother's womb. But he was. And if you read the story, Elizabeth was Spirit-filled in a moment. And it came upon uh, her husband. What was it? Zacharias? When he named John, John, then the Spirit filled him just like... In other words, it's not a pattern. It just happened. It's sovereign and unexplainable and marvelous and sometimes deeper than we can even explain. When we talk about a Spirit-filled life, I think many people are saying, are you talking about visions, dreams, casting out demons, uh, something out of the ordinary type thing? Uh, Many Pentecostals want that. They want at least have that plus character. When you get with conservative Christians, they think, I think a spirit filling for the power to live the Christian life, uh, the power to live as a Christian ought. And uh, so you get this tension. One group seems to always be pushing the miraculous. The other group seems to ignore the miraculous and goes for character and a changed life over here. Uh, I'm not trying to debate either one, but we're going to look at uh, what it is to be filled with the spirit in two effects. Let me review what I said to you about how I understand you come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Look at your notes and let's go through that. We'll just review. The, what the Holy Spirit influences you to do is easier than to know how I get under his influence. That's what I want you to be clear. So we review here. Spirit filling is not based upon a formula. There's no formula that will get you filled. No formula. Because it's not a mechanical thing. 
You cannot mechanically get under the influence of the Spirit. It's a relation to the Spirit of God. Spirit filling is not the same as spiritual gifts. You might have a spiritual gift and not be spiritually mature. Uh, Every one of us got our spiritual gift the moment we were saved, but it took some maturity before we may have been able to use it. Uh, Spirit filling speaks of being under the control or influence of the Spirit. All Christians are indwelt by the Spirit. The Spirit controls the believer who is rightly adjusted to God. Now, principle. Faith is the attitude the Father expects his children to live by. Turn with me to Galatians once again. Galatians 3. Does God know when you are trusting him? (laughs) Does he know? The Galatians were being presented two heresies. What you had to do to be right with God in salvation and two what you had to do in order to live the Christian life as God wanted. And the Judaizer says you had to do works and do something besides believe God, believe Christ to be saved, and you had to do more than believe God in order to be holy. You had to do these external works, circumcision, Sabbath keeping. And listen to what he says, chapter 3, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing... Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? What is it that makes God save you and do marvelous deeds among you? What is it you did to make God do these things? You believed him. You trusted in him. Okay, we commonly say that's what I did to get saved. But you're saved as an act of faith in a moment, born again. But now the Christian life, just as you received Christ, Colossians 2.7, so walk in him, grow in him, grow up into maturity. What became an act of faith is to become a life of faith. I begin to trust God moment by moment. And only when I'm trusting God, walking by faith, is the Spirit of God free to fill me, control me, and to produce divine products. It's a gracious operation. Faith is the one thing you can do when you've lost all other resources. In Romans 7, Paul says, I want to do good things, I do bad. I've got a warfare going on in my members. But he says, even when I'm seeing the sin principle play tricks on me and deceive me, My mind is free to serve God, even when I act carnal. My mind is free to make choices, and that choice is to believe God. For the just man shall live by his faith. So the big principle I want you to understand, I think the primary thing we're held accountable for before God, is to walk in an attitude of trusting him. 
And when I'm trusting him, I'm willing to obey him. And that's all I can really offer God. I'm trusting you, and I'm willing to obey you. That's the most you can do. There's nothing else. And that's why it's good news to the most defeated Christian. If you tell a defeated Christian you need to pray more, they said, I'm so defeated, I don't know how to pray. I'm I'm defeated, you need to read the Bible more, or you need to do this more. No, how can I get a flip the switch on so that the Spirit will give me help? Start believing God. Look at the, one of my favorite verses. I preached on it a while back. Romans 15, 13. This is review, and I know you've already got it down, but I want to review it again. I gave you a bunch of verses just to illustrate this faith idea. Every believer has been given faith. So when God tells you to exercise faith towards him in your moment-by-moment walk, he's given you the ability to trust him. He expects you to do it. If you don't trust him, you'll grieve and quench the spirit. You'll render the spirit inoperative, and the spirit will become saddened in us when we quit believing God moment by moment. Listen to this verse, verse 13 of Romans 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you keep the law. When will he do this? As you trust him, he will fill you with joy and peace. Where does your joy and peace go when you quit trusting him? It just, it's gone. And then, you, then not only do you have an absence of joy and peace, I'm just talking to you now, interact with me. Don't you also feel a saddened spirit in you? You feel something grievous going on because you not only lost the joy, you not only lost the peace, but now there's a divine person in you. He's grieved. He's a person. He's sad that you wouldn't trust the Father. It makes the spirit sad when you won't give God the only thing he requires of you is trust me. Trust me. Share your problem with me. Take me into your confidence and tell me what you like. Tell me what you need. Tell me how you feel. Just trust me. I didn't save you to doubt me. I didn't save you to sign up for a course on works, circumcision, Sabbath keeping, and the rules of the law. I saved you to be a people that are known by living by faith. Without this faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, keep that in mind. It is so simple, but I tell you, after 35 years of being a believer, it's hit with freshness in my mind. And I was just reading He That Is Spiritual again, and in the appendix of the book, Lewis Chafer has a whole section on walking by an attitude of faith, that the Christian life is only maintained as we walk in dependence, reliance, and trust in God. It sounds so simple. So that our biggest battle is really to trust God or to doubt Him. Trust God or worry. Talk to God or fret. So that you find people who are trusting God, they do a lot of praying. Because trusting God makes you, in speaking terms, you tell God everything. When you quit trusting God, you'll start stuffing. You'll quit talking to God. 
You can't talk to God very easily when you're doubting. You don't want to talk to him. Why talk to a liar? Why talk to incompetence? Why talk to somebody that can't help you anyway? Why talk to someone that doesn't care? You see, you're grieving. You would treat him in unbelief like you're not interested in me anyway, are you? He said, I've numbered the hair on your head. You act like you're treating God like he cares more for sparrows than he does for you. That offends God. That hurts God. What would you do if one of your children talked to you that way? Dad, you think more of our pet collie than you do me. And if you really believe the boy believed that, that would be offensive to you. And so when we get into unbelief, we lose our rest in God. We're no longer at peace, according to Hebrews 3 and 4. And we just, we're out of touch. So the Spirit's now, he's been quenched. We've thrown water in his face. He's now in a grieving mode. And we are still in the dilemma because we're still in life. We still need help. And we've cut off ourselves from help because we've chosen not to believe God. Now, I use this uh, principle three. The Christian life is an active, passive relationship. Uh, it's very interesting to those of us who know enough Greek to sometimes be confused that Ephesians 5.18 is a passive. Let yourself be filled with the Spirit. Let yourself be filled with the Spirit. And it's, it's a passive. And in language, when the verb is passive, I receive the action of the verb. I was hit by the ball. That's passive. Active is, I hit the ball. Passive, I was, I received the action of the verb. And he's saying, let yourself be under the influence of the Spirit, just like you get under the influence of an intoxicating drink, Get yourself under the influence of the Spirit. How do I do that? How do I get myself under that influence? I think the predominant attitude is an attitude of trust again. Trust and obey. But that makes it active in your mind. I'm reckoning on God's Word. He says, I'm in Christ in Romans 6. I'm counting on it. I'm presenting my body. Two things. I'm taking God at his word, that's faith. I'm making myself available. That means I'm willing to obey. I may not even know what to obey. That's all he wants. Trust me, be willing to obey me. Not my will, but your will be done. What is God's will? I don't know, but I'm willing to do it. God doesn't reveal his will to see if you'll do it. Many times he asks you if you'll do it before he ever tells you what it is. Unconditionally, you're willing. That's Romans 6. Now, we kind of looked the last time. This active-passive idea is this way. I actively, like Mary, the mother of Jesus, say, I'm willing to have the baby. Your handmaiden is yours. I respond in faith. Yes, I believe you. But I cannot perform the miracle. You've got to do something in me to have this baby. I'm just an available body. All God wanted was her cooperation and consent. God does the miracle. See, active, 
passive. She received something done to her she couldn't do herself. This is spirit filling. I'm going to trust you, Father. And the Father says, I'm going to fill you with the Spirit. I'm going to control you and influence you and produce things in you that are supernatural. How do I get that? Just trust me. A man by the name of Abraham, I'm going to make your seed like the stars of the heaven. God, I'll do the only thing I can do. I'm going to believe you. Genesis 15, 6. But I don't know how to make Sarah have a baby. I don't know how to get rid of the barrenness. I don't know how to end this barren state in my marriage to Sarah. God says, that's not your part to take care of, Abraham. Your part is to believe me. I'll do the miracle. Active, passive. Does that make sense? Well, uh, it's something that over and over in the Word of God, I think when I choose to walk in the Spirit, I say, Lord, uh, I choose to love this person who might be my enemy. I believe that you want me to love that enemy. I choose to do it. I choose to believe that you can do it through me. God says I can respond to that attitude. He's free to fill you with the Spirit. Now, let's uh, go to what the Spirit does. Let's go to Galatians 5. I want to give you a quiz on this after a while, so be ready. So that you can say it back. Isn't it simple? It's so simple that uh, that's why spirit filling is so uh, relational. That's where uh, you can be walking in the spirit one moment and ten minutes down the road all of a sudden be into anxiety or uh, have a struggle. Faith is a moment-by-moment attitude. And uh, that's how God wants us to live, then His Spirit fills us. Now, let's begin with verse 13. Galatians 5. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. It's quite interesting that the sheep had become carnivorous. You know, when sheep are not eating on green pastures, they can start chewing on people. And here they were becoming carnivorous. And he says, watch out. So I say, live by the Spirit. I like it better, walk. It's really walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. The word walk here means order your manner of life. Live your life walking in or by means of the Spirit. Well, how can I do that? I choose to believe the Father. I choose to set my mind on Him. I put to death the deeds of the body, according to Romans 8. When the flesh rears up, I say, I'm dead to you. I'm not alive. I am alive to the Father. I make that choice. I choose to believe God. And I begin to order every aspect of my life in the energy and enablement of the Spirit. 
And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. By the way, men, we would invite you to join us for our Valley Bible Church Men's Conference, Walking to Win. You know, life is a journey, and how you get through it matters. Abiding in Him makes all the difference in the world. This series will be taken from John chapter 15, and again, the conference is called Walking to Win. It's Friday, March 9th, check in at 5.30, and Saturday, March 10th, with breakfast at 8 a.m. The price includes dinner Friday evening, breakfast, and lunch on Saturday, and each attendee's packet will include a free book that will be useful on your journey, a DVD, conference booklet, pen, and snacks. Again, that's Friday, March 9th, and Saturday, March 10th. The early bird special is $45 until the end of this month. After that, it's $60 a person, $30 for Saturday only. For information, simply stop by our website or give us a call, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.